Hi, I'm Holden Sutter. Welcome to That One Movie Podcast. That's that's how we're going to start this one off? Yeah, you know, it's a jackass tribute. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were just trying to rap something very poorly. No. no, it's a jackass. It sounded like you were singing it almost to me. Maybe no, it's just because well, your voice is, is, is so angelic, Holden. No, that's it's not the case. Now you've ruined the impact. I was hoping that you know we could just have that and then we'd play the intro, but now yeah. you're you're drawing it out. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't have anything to do with the Peacemaker episode this week. <laughs> I was like, was there a musical number that I missed? No, no. All right. Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. Wow, you are in a hurry today. That was... you blazed through that intro, sir. I'm just like, I'm fired up. I, I got us all ready. I, I, I said the, the jackass tribute intro, which you ruined, um, but, you know, the energy's still up, and so I'm, I'm, I'm raring to go. All right, Olden, what do we got this week? Uh, We've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of The Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 6, Peacemaker, Episode 6? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yes, 6. And uh, our review of Jackass Forever. Yeah, Olden, let's do it. That one movie podcast. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Yes, let's do the Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. All right, Holden, what do we have? Uh, well, 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 what do we have first? <laughs> uh, first up, oh, well, you can talk a little bit about the little little Netflix preview thing that little, came out. The little Netflix showing, hey, Apple, you you know, your TV commercials where you're like, oh, it's everybody but John Hamm is on Apple. Well, we're just going to show you everybody and then some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, it's it was basically this like three and a half minute little teaser thing that has some footage from all a bunch of their upcoming movies that you can get excited for, um, and a bunch of ones that I didn't know existed. <laughs> oh, most of which I did not know existed. I, yeah. Uh, so for those of you who have not watched this, because I, I did not get this in my YouTube recommended, so I just watched it when Holden's like, we should talk about this. Um it's a compilation because like sometimes you know like marvel dropped that compilation of all the new movies coming out but this Mm. it was like (laughs) it was like a scene from the movie but then you'd have this fourth wall break where ryan gosling (laughs) turns to the camera as he's fighting someone on top of like a trolley or whatever no yeah (laughs) i don't remember bus trolley train something like that it was moving he was on the roof of it i don't Mm -hmm. remember what it was and he's like well yeah it's gonna be a good time or something but it wasn't like a a line from the movie they cut out it's like no they recorded this just for this promo yeah and enola holmes is like hey well i thought i was supposed to be the only one talking to the camera (laughs) 
I'm the one who's supposed to do that. What are, what are you doing, the Witcher? I mean, whatever you are on this one, Superman. I think he's Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. I, I did not see Enola Holmes. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a weird format that I've not seen before. I guess kudos to them trying something new. I don't mm. think I liked it. I think I would just prefer, hey, here's the stuff come out. Here's, like, 20 seconds of each thing. Yeah, I mean, the issue is is that we get so little from each movie that unless you know anything about the movie prior to it, it's just like, well, okay, I don't I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Ryan Gosling in it, and he's yeah. fighting. It's a Ryan Gosling action movie, I guess. Well, we, we've talked about that one. That was actually one of the ones I did know about, The Gray Man. The Gray Man. Man, yeah. What was that one about again? We've talked it's, about it. Yeah, so it's him... It kind of, I think it sounds kind of like The Fugitive, where I think he's like an ex-CIA operative who's, you know, gets framed or something, and then uh, you get big star Chris Evans, who's the one who's hunting him down yeah. or something. Um, but it's being directed by the Russo brothers. That was one of the big things. And I think it has the biggest budget of any Netflix movie, even surpassing Red Notice. Wow. Um, well, I mean, if you have Chris Evans and Rai Guy, Rai Go, Rai Go, Rai Go, does Ryan Gosling not have a nickname? I don't think so. The I think Rai, the Rai, the Rai Guy, the Rai Goo, yeah, Rai Goo, Rai Goo, <laughs> the Rai Goo. If you're having both of them in it, that's that's a good chunk of change. But I guess you know the Rock, Rai, Rai, Rai Ray. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Ryan what's Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Ray. I Part don't know. He's like, saying. am I having internet issues again? Like, <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> Jimmy's just having connection issues with his brain. Um, <laughs> they they have all the actors. Is what I'm trying to say. I think they're basically like you know Apple TV, Apple TV Plus, whatever it is called. Um, you think you have subscription service, but you are a farce, and it is a farce. There's you have Ted Lasso <laughs> and like two movies <laughs> and the stuff with your stars is like not even good or nobody's seen it. So we're Netflix and I guess, are they dropping a new movie every week? Is that what they said? I don't know. It's, it's kind question. of, it's like, cause they said like every week is it's like, it's movie time. So I'm guessing they're going to drop it. I mean, not all of them are going to be big, I would imagine, but yeah. 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 I don't know. It's, I think I saw the Adam project is coming out later this month or something. It's uh, that one's coming out pretty soon. That's the one with Ryan Reynolds and uh, it looks like Mark Ruffalo is also in it. But I don't know beyond that. Knives yeah, Out 2 is coming I, out late this year. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I forgot that was dropping on Netflix. So yeah, weird. Yeah. The I'm trying to think. Um, the other one that they didn't, they hardly showed any of, but I'm kind of excited for is Wendell and Wild, which is a new stop motion animated film from Henry Selleck, who's the guy who did like uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and James and the Giant Peach, and I think he might be one of the guys behind Leica Animations. So I don't know, very talented stop motion guy. So I'm interested to see what that's like. Yeah, we got. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio so mm -hmm. he'll have a movie that people will actually see this time <laughs> <laughs> I saw like Nightmare, Nightmare Alley is on HBO Max now so I might, might it actually is. watch it yeah maybe maybe we can review that um, sometime uh, anything else to say about the Netflix trailer Holden uh, no I don't I don't think so yeah. uh, Netflix is just flashing the big guns 
and yeah. uh, good for them, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's good for having a lot of money. It's good for me because I I just use my parents' account. So yeah, same same here. (laughs) Moochie, moochie, moochie. Give me the free movies. That's what I'm saying over here. Uh, I am. Yeah, I am. uh, I I I am very excited for the Gray Man. Actually, though, I think that has a lot of potential. That's probably the one out of these I'm most interested in. But yeah, Yeah. I hope his character is morally ambiguous, as the title suggests. Uh, all right. I'm going to say Brokaw, sure. Yeah, Brokaw, why not? Um, so, Jimmy, are you familiar with the character of Madam Web? Madam Web. Is that a comic book character? Yes, a Spider-Man character. I figured. I don't know. I do not know who Madam Web is. Okay. So, I don't really I don't really know her origins. I mostly know her as a character in the 90s animated series, so it's it's probably a little different, but she's like this blind uh like clairvoyant uh, te- telepathic uh, character. She's like in the show she's kind of like this all-knowing figure. Uh, who like kind of calls upon Peter Parker at various points for any issues. Um, and I don't really know how that's different in the comics. Um, but anyway, uh, they are making a movie about Madame Web. <laughs> Sony is. <laughs> in the SPUM, the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel or whatever it's called. Yeah, the Sony Universe of Marvel characters or whatever. Um, anyway, it's going to be written by the Morbius writers, Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. So we'll get some more classic lines like some sort of bat radar. Um, and, uh, it's going to be directed by S.J. Clarkson, who I don't really know her work aside from, uh, she apparently directed some episodes of Jessica Jones and the Defenders for Netflix. So, Incredible. Uh, oh, and I guess the, the big part of that news is that Dakota Johnson is going to be playing Madam Web. Dakota Johnson. What is she in? I know Uh, the name. Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna go Bombadil. I'm gonna just say Bombadil. She's in the social one. network briefly. Yeah, uh, Bombadil. Unless Morbius is somehow a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll prove to us that the Morbius writers can handle a complex character like Madame Web that we know nothing about. Yes. Um. Then, uh, fun news. Uh, the uh, Paramount confirmed that Scream Six is going to be uh, happening uh, due to the success of this previous installment. Uh, it's going to be once again directed by uh, Matt uh, Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillett, who directed Scream uh, 5, or rather just Scream, as it was called. Um, and it's going to be written uh, by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, uh, who also wrote this previous one. Uh, no confirmed uh, stars returning yet, but what do you think, Jimmy? I mean, if there's a story to tell, sure. I mean, Scream 5 was a good time. I, mm-hmm. We enjoyed it. We thought it was good. We thought it was a worthy entry of the series. So if there is a story to tell, great, Brokaw. But if it's like we're just pushing this out for money, then that's a Bergeron to Bombadil territory for me. So yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an, the issue is, I mean, we know that these writers can write a good Scream movie, but it, it's like... The, the last screen movie partially worked because there had been so much time since the last one and like there was a bunch of like horror trope things that they could make fun of 
So they kind of need to find something new, I guess. And I mean, horror is a white, like a big genre with lots of things happening. So there's definitely more things you could talk about. But multiverse, multiverse. If they yeah, make multiverse. a scream multiverse movie, then that would work great because we're totally going into multiverse territory. That would and actually everything. Be, that would be pretty good. <laughs> so I think there's a story to tell there if they go that direction. But again, like you said, they just made one. Mm. what are you gonna like what are you gonna actually make fun of that's new and novel and i would say it's got to be the multiverse stuff unless they can maybe it's like a team up thing trope but uh they'll find something and if they don't it'll be bad (laughs) if they they make an uh an eighth one uh, i want it to be like in scream five where it's directed by ryan johnson so that's all i'm saying yeah (laughs) <laughs> and um maybe they'll just turn scream into the fast and furious it's just fast and the furious but it's scream it's people <laughs> driving around cars and going to space scream in space they need to make scream in space i think yeah i mean I, that is a logical i mean that was a trend in the early 2000s they haven't really made fun of yet so yeah so they they still have places to go mm-hmm. space yeah. primarily but <laughs> in the multiverse so they have at least two more Scream movies to make. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they should hire us as the writers. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> you can steal the idea. All right. There's the idea. Take it. Run away with it. Uh, if they, if you know, I want. I, I definitely left the most recent Scream movie going, hey, I'd be down for another one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you had to have a story to tell. If you don't, then that will not be very good. And people like myself will not appreciate how you're just milking the franchise for money. Yeah. Just like we milk this podcast for money. We're just doing this for the money. Hold yeah, on. we're only in it for the money. Yep. Um. Yeah, Scream 6, I'll give it a broca. Yeah. Sweet. Sure. What's next? Um. This is interesting. Uh, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to be playing cult leader Jim Jones in a new movie uh, called White Knight. Uh, it's apparently based on the memoir of Jonestown survivor Deborah Layton, and uh, Deborah Layton will be played by Chloe Grace Moretz in this film. It's going to follow her rising through the cult's ranks to become one of Jones's most trusted aides before exposing the harrowing truth. Um, and it's going to be directed by Anne Sawitsky, who I am also not familiar with her work, really, but she it seems like she's done a lot of, I think she's Norwegian, some Norwegian films, but. What do you think? Interesting. I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's an interesting pick for Mm -hmm. Jim Jones. I can kind of see it. Um, He wouldn't... Yeah. I don't know who I would have instead, I guess. Maybe... um, I don't know, maybe Leo, but I could could see him going into the role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like a... He's a good actor, and so, and I, I think he has a lot of range, and so I, this is something kind of new for him that I'd be interested in. Like, I, like you said, Leo. I think Leo would be an obvious pick because we know he could do something like this. But I, I'd be interested to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, how often does he take on an, more of an antagonistic role? Um, I guess I'm not. I don't. I don't haven't watched a ton of jgl movies but um just just, (laughs) sorry to jump to the conclusion that jim jones is an antagonist in the film (laughs) 
I, I mean, I hope so. Pretty sure. <laughs> uh, but Jim, the Jonestown Massacre, if you will, or, or I don't know. Mass- yeah, I think. Yeah, it's called Jonestown Jonestown Massacre. It a tragic story, really. I mean, incredibly fascinating too. Just to yeah. learn all. I think what is it? Late seventies. I don't know. Unlike some. Yeah, I think it was like seventy nine or something. So I, I think of probably the thirtieth anniversary. I learned so much about it because they had to have all the documentaries on TV, and so I watched probably like four of them. So I, I learned a lot. I probably know this lady's story. I don't remember who, which one she is. One of the survivors. I know there was like someone who hid under their bed, and somebody was having their like family visit or something, and yeah, just awful, awful stuff mm-hmm. of just this crazy, you know mass suicide um and uh yeah i mean it's wait yeah i don't know when the last kind of retelling has there been like a fictionalized or or, or is there a movie about it i mean outside of a documentary is there I'm not like a, sure like not that i'm aware of but i wouldn't be surprised but um i've never seen it in movie form i guess i've only seen documentaries yeah no, I agree. I I find this story very very interesting. I occasionally like once every couple of years I'll go on this little uh binge of like reading all about it again just because it is it's such this unique and weird story and obviously that's where you know the phrase don't drink the Kool-Aid comes from. Yeah. Um and I it, it's just it's it's wild. I think probably like the wildest one of the wildest parts for me is just how they like basically had this just random plot of land and declared themselves like a sovereign nation it's just like it's why it's weird stuff yeah like they just went from san francisco because the they're like hey guess what you can't be doing all this illegal stuff like abusing people yeah (laughs) and so they just took the whole congregation and went down to south america it's pretty crazy yeah Uh, um yeah i'm looking forward to it i'll give it a broca do we have a timetable for this no, mm-hmm. I don't think so. I didn't really see anything about filming or anything. But if they have all of this casting and director attached, I wouldn't be surprised if it's later this year at some point. But, yeah, I'll give it a Broca. Sweet. Um, then uh, South Park. Did you watch the South Park premiere? I did not. Is it? I, I didn't even know South Park was coming out with a new season until like I randomly got a YouTube ad <laughs> earlier this week. Is it? Yeah. Is it on Hulu? Can I watch it on Hulu? It's on HBO. It's on HBO. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Which, which leads into this this bit of news uh, is that uh, South Park is going to be doing two more. Well, they have the so they have the season coming out right now, but they have two more Paramount Plus specials coming out this year. And it's just, why is this all on different streaming services? Because, <laughs> like, HBO's getting it, like, day after release, uh, kind of like they did uh, for, I think, the last South Park season. Or, well, no, I, the, for the I don't think they... Special. Yeah, the pandemic special. Yeah. And um, maybe the vaccination special. But they didn't get... I don't think they had South Park until after the last season, because I watched the last season on Hulu... Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because HBO Max launched, well, it was during the pandemic, right? I think it was twenty twenty. So yeah, Some, something like that. And yeah. um, <laughs> so three different streaming services in the last two years or whatever. <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, it's kind of screwing us over as South Park fans because it's like I don't, I don't want to get Paramount Plus. 
I mean, yeah. there's there's good stuff on there, but I don't. I just don't want seven streaming services at once. Yeah, Paramount Plus. I don't like. I it is so hard. I I like. I love at the beginning of the month going to each streaming service and seeing what's added. You know, like that. That's just something I like to do on the the first or second. But Paramount Plus like doesn't have a spot to see like new movies. So I just like in my head, I just assume they don't add anything. <laughs> Because there's just it just like is constantly advertising the same movies over and over again, which makes me not want to get it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I guess good that they're coming out with two new specials. I'm excited for those. Yeah. Um, I don't Bad know that it's on there. It's all on different stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just either be on Paramount Plus or be on HBO Max because I don't want to have to get both. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um. So and it's also weird that they have things with both. And and I guess this is gonna be like a new story arc, right? Because probably the, the well, COVID one ended. Yeah. Um. They did say that they won't necessarily be like a two-parter thing or whatever. Okay. So they could be standalone. I'd prefer if they were standalone at this yeah, point. Yeah. Me too um okay sweet i guess broca that more stuff is coming out bombadil that it's on 11 different streaming services why don't we just average it out and say bergeron yes overall bergeron (laughs) uh i will say the south park premiere was pretty good jimmy i'm kind of excited i think i think you'll like it Uh, maybe i'll have to watch it right after the pod after the cast i was too busy getting my brendan fraser fixing (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, and then uh, my final piece of uh, movie TV related news is that uh, you, you like Goosebumps, Jimmy? You like jazz? You like Goosebumps? Uh, goosebumps, I never really read them. The show that they made back in what? Was it the late 2000s? This was the 90s. 90s. But didn't they like remake? I don't, I don't think know. so. I think they just re-released episodes. Okay. Well, re-released episodes. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. I re- good, I, uh, good kids horror. Yeah, there were a couple episodes of that show that like traumatized me as a kid, honestly, because they I think it showed on Nickelodeon. I think that was where something it prim- like that primarily. Back, it was like I don't know if they just re-released stuff in like the late two thousands. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure there weren't new episodes. I think they were just they kind of went on a oh let's just play Goosebumps a bunch right now, just for like a month or something for Halloween or something. And I yeah, was like, you know, yeah. these are legit. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of going back. I've watched a couple since. There's one that has Adam West in it. It's really funny. <laughs> Not at all scary, just because I hear Adam West. Yikes! Um, I think that scarecrow's trying to hurt us. We better hide. <laughs> um. But anyway, uh, Goosebumps is getting a new TV show on Disney Plus. Um. Apparently, Nick Stoller and Rob Letterman will be the writers for it, and it's going to be a same pro- a lot of the same producing team as uh the movies that came out like five years ago if you remember those i do not remember those i probably I'm, won't watch these so Bergeron. probably not me either but hey if you want uh some cheesy 90s kids horror that goosebump show is is pretty solid i wonder what i would think of it today <laughs> and it's like it's bad but it's pretty entertaining <laughs> all right there you go that's what i'll say uh, then we have some gaming news. I don't know if J- Jimmy has anything beyond what I have to say, but I do know this first piece of news uh, hurts uh, because uh, Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League was delayed to 2023. Wow. 
That game, so they released Arkham Knight in 2015, and that game was delayed at least a year. So they've been, <laughs> this is, they've been working on this game for, it's going to be eight years. Well, it makes me think that they have had like a canceled project or two. I don't know. That, was, that went like unannounced. It would not surprise me if like a year or two of that was like spent on something else. I don't know, but uh, it better be good <laughs> because yeah. they, uh, gosh, it's got to be hard on the studio to only release one game in eight years. Yeah. But I mean, they did have the Arkham games, so those things just probably made them a bajillion dollars. They have that uh, return to Arkham or whatever they probably earned some money from. Yeah, they need to remaster Arkham Knight for next gen, please. They need to just remaster all of them, including Arkham Origins. Once yes. Arkham Origins love up in here. I want to be able to play those on at 60 frames per second on my PS5. And the even the return to Arkham is 30 frames per second, which is infuriating. It's 30 it, it's locked at 30. <laughs> yeah. Really? It is. Yeah, well that's why I didn't get it cuz it's locked at 30. I think on Xbox um 1X and probably Series X now you could play them at 60. I think, but it's on so PlayStation dumb, but they, you cannot. That's really stupid. Um, but uh, yeah, no, they 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 need to just well, first off, finish the game, Broca. I guess just wait till the game's ready, then release it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, they get get on this. People will buy this. People will pay like fifty dollars if you remaster people will pay sixty dollars if you remastered all four of those games for next gen or ps5 x yeah i'd pay sixty bucks for it people People, would do that people paid sixty bucks for that broken gta compilation that came out (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah that's that's what i gotta say about that holden yeah yeah um i'll i'll go uh bombadil overall uh because i mostly that's mostly just me being selfish and hurt even i i don't care if they need more time (laughs) i'm sad wow uh and then the other big piece of gaming news we have uh is that sony bought bungie that's a twist yeah um It, it it was a twist. I mean, so obviously, I think it was last week just that we talked about Microsoft buying Activision. And I don't think it is, but it reads like a retaliation <laughs> in a way to me because Bungie has such close ties with Microsoft. They were the ones who, you know, created the Halo games up through Reach and everything. And I, thought, I thought Microsoft owned Bungie anyway. No, but, no, no, I I think they've been pretty independent. I think Bungie was actually with Activision for a while, but I think like within the last few years they kind of separated. Did Bungie make the most recent Halo or No, they stopped making games after Reach. They haven't it's been like Microsoft has their own like Halo studio for those games now. All right. But um some would say they've made the the better Halo games. I, I'm not as big of a Halo fan as some, so I I won't say that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. This is it's it's not as big as Activision. I think it was significantly less amount of money. Um, but yeah, it's still big. And uh, Sony, they, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, how about 
we just remain separate companies <laughs> yeah why do we need to buy everything well i yeah it, it makes me wonder how much farther this is going to go because sony said that they have more acquisition plans for the near future so i don't know i i feel like you just it's i don't know more exclusivity is not a direction i would like to go yeah don't no, me neither but uh, I guess we'll see. I am not an expert on the market, so <laughs> I just would tend to think that monopolies over an industry are probably not a good thing. Yeah, yeah agreed. So I'm going to give it a Bombadil, Holden. Why not? I'll give it a Bombadil, too. I, my guess is Sony is going to buy Square Enix next. That's my prediction. But yeah, Bombadil. Great. Um. Yeah, that's it. Do you have anything else, Jimmy? I was just going to mention that uh, they released, like, the Riddler theme from the new Batman. Oh, yeah. I didn't listen to it because I'm trying to stay away from everything and every anything and everything but Batman. Um, sounds <coughs> like Danny Elfman, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, it was way more, like, it starts pretty subtle, but it's quite bombastic at points, which I was not expecting. But uh, it's interesting, yeah. But, uh i'm just we're, that movie's coming in hot old and i can't wait to see it i hope it's good yeah got all, one, around a month away all three hours of it less than a month holden what what day is it coming out the fourth the fourth that's like okay. four weeks from today so there's like only Ooh. what three episodes between now and then yeah yeah Woo. it's coming soon all right that's that's exciting stuff uh so i guess i'll get the theme of roca whatever um otherwise holden shall we go to boba yeah to boba to the mandalorian episode two (laughs) yeah all right let's do it all right so um yeah, uh, this is the sixth episode of the Book of Boba Fett, the second episode that is just a Mandalorian <laughs> episode. Hey, he was in it, in yeah, the background. He didn't have any lines. <laughs> I don't think Boba Fett had a single line in this episode. He just kind of like nodded at, at at Mando, and that was it. Um, Yeah, so <laughs> the, the episode from a Mandalorian perspective is once again, in my opinion, very good, but from a show from this show's perspective is not very good. I am like, I am baffled at what they're doing here. (laughs) Um, I, this is going the clone wars direction for me where it's just like, people are going to say, just watch the last four episodes. (laughs) It's literally going to be like, yeah, so you're going to have to watch Mandalorian season one and two. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to need to watch Book of Boba Fett episodes five, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to need to watch. <laughs> it's just like you just people are not going to watch the rest of the show. No. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see the numbers of like in 10 years, the numbers of people who watch the first four, like the views per episode for the first four episodes and the last three episodes. Because I'm, yeah. I'm guessing the last three will have double the amount <laughs> at least 10 years from now. 
Well, even if you just look at critical reception, like right now, like I, Wikipedia for these kind of shows kind of has like a, a little fun line graph you can look at at the bottom of the page um, where it shows like it just shows how the, it's increased over time or whatever. And it's like the the first are like, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, maybe 60 percent kind of stuff. And then these last two have been like 100 percent, 95 percent or whatever. It just shoots up <laughs> way. <laughs> people like it way more. Um, gosh darn! This was a really good episode of of Star Wars of the Mandalorian. Um, could you imagine just two weeks ago telling ourselves, you know what, the next two episodes are gonna be like some like two of the best hours of Star Wars you're gonna get? We'd be like, yeah. what? <laughs> um, so that's that's just funny to me that uh that this has happened completely unexpected that this show just became the mandalorian season three but my goodness i thought this was just really a really good episode phenomenal i think better than the last one even in my opinion so many things that i loved about this i think it was so well written acted and directed that um i just thoroughly enjoyed this all around and it got me so excited um for the the last episode and for mandalorian season three i will okay so i think i've come to the conclusion that honestly i don't think star wars does anything for me anymore (laughs) i think i've become like numb to it because this episode out of anything should have made me feel something you know it has so many tributes to the original trilogy which is my favorite trilogy it is, you know, I like the Mandalorian. It has a lot of stuff about that Grogu, and honestly, I did not feel anything. This entire you didn't feel episode. anything. No, I like I, I did not, I did not care. <laughs> this whole episode, I like I. Wow. I recognize that it is very good. I like I can't deny that, and it is better than Boba Fett has been so far. And I, you know, I like the character moments in this, but even the stuff with like Grogu and like I like I just don't I, I'm like numb to it now I I don't know I <laughs> I'm not happy to say that but I think it's just true I I agree to you with an extent like I can see where you're coming from because like when they first showed like R2D like when the antenna goes up and it's, and it's like well that's gonna be R2D2 when they pan down and it is I'm like it's R2D2 cool like i just like that it wasn't like oh my gosh it's r2d2 like it that magic is gone for me and even like oh my gosh it's luke skywalker you know (laughs) um with that being said the way that it echoed the all those scenes from empire and from return of the jedi with luke's training but with grogu it was it was not just a re reboot of that it was a new iteration of that everything yeah it wasn't a complete retread it was actually a new thing that was Mm -hmm. echoing the themes and the visuals of that i thought it was so masterfully done and just so charming and i think again the mandalorian excels for me because of this bond between mando and grogu and that is just completely present throughout this entire episode Mm -hmm. and that is at its core I think that's why I just enjoyed it so much because I really felt the tension and the character moments and the decisions both those characters have to make uh, throughout this episode. Um, yeah, I just like I was I I just was just smiling 
and I had my heartstrings tugged, pulled in every direction. There were so many little things that were just, just like little sprinkles mm-hmm. on top of the the Sunday that were just glorious. Um, just yeah. like from <laughs> Luke force pushing Grogu as they're walking, like that's hilarious. Yeah, that was really like, cute. So I will cute. say that was, that was pretty good. <laughs> like the I forget what the little training orb thing is called. Um, yeah, they they said what it was called. I can't remember. I forget what it's called. I should know it. But like him, that shooting Grogu, he's like, hey. <laughs> and then he and then he's like doing flips and stuff. And then you start seeing him. Oh yeah, that he is starting to be more like Yoda, and it's just so adorable. At the same, I just find Baby Yoda still adorable. Yeah, he is. Um, and that I just was like so happy to see that. Like when he's pulling the frog up and he wants to eat the frog i just think it's the <laughs> cutest thing ever and when he reaches out as mando's leaving he's like Ey. i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna cry <laughs> um like again the echoes when luke is like dude don't try he's he's learning from his master um just a little uh, that also luke looks great i mean looks yeah, better. better looks better I don't know if that's just because they hired that one guy, <laughs> but Probably he looks is. Well, I mean, they also with all the backlash, I'm sure they spent more time on it, or just feedback, and then just seeing what other people did. I, I'm, that good on them for learning that's, uh, and improving. Um, Luke having Grogu on his back, running around doing the flips, just was so good. Seeing him be kind of the teacher, and so composed and optimistic the stuff that we didn't the stuff that people wanted to see in episode eight and i can see why they wanted that they got that in this uh, that Mm -hmm. so i'm glad that they got that um we saw a little bit more of grogu's past but i don't think it it didn't tell us anything we didn't know did it It just was like oh he's in the jedi temple and order 66 i thought we already knew that uh maybe i might have just forgotten that because that that seemed new to me but it's very possible we knew that already but that was kind of cool I thought, back there. Ah- I thought Ahsoka had revealed that. Oh, that's possible. I don't remember that. Um. So at the end, you have the decision with mm-hmm. between the Mandalorian little chainmail. <laughs> that's made out of Beskar. It's so adorable. I was like, what is it going to be? Is it going to be like a like the front plate of armor? Is it I thought be it was like, like a, a little, little helmet? helmet or something. I was like, I hope it's not a helmet because that'd be kind of. Well, I didn't think it was going to be like a Mandalorian helmet, but I figured it was going to be like a little little hat. Little yeah, I I thought that, but like his head's going to get bigger. That's so. true. That's true. Also, he's going to get bigger, so chainmail also. <laughs> um, the decision at the end, Luke has Yoda's lightsaber, which never really thought of that. Like, yeah, Yoda probably would have had his lightsaber. I guess, no, he, he lost it when he fought Darth Sidious, I think, in the Senate. He crawls away without it. So there's probably a comic explaining how he got it back. But yeah, it's probably out there. Um, maybe it was floating in Luke Skywalker's severed hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm i pretty sure he does not have it when he leaves that uh, that uh, Revenge of the Sith fight from Darth Sidious. Because he like, gets kicked off and he falls. I guess to crawl through a corner. So I wouldn't be able to confirm or deny that. <laughs> it is the best one, so you should rewatch it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, interesting. How does Luke get that? Who cares? Maybe it was Maz Kanata, probably. Oh yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, of course, first off, Luke, that's not fair. You can't wave a bright, luminescent green thing in front of a kid and not expect to choose it. Okay, if my nephew had to make this decision, he's going with the the bright, shiny thing. I mean, not yeah, but I think mill. we know. I think we know what he's actually going to pick. I don't. Here's my thing: is uh, no matter what he picks, he's going to be a Mandalorian. I yeah, that's true. Partially just because I want that. I I just I will be devastated if he is not in the Mandalorian season three. <laughs> yeah. But my my kind of rationale. I don't know what he's going to choose. He's going to end up being with the Mandalorian. I don't know mm-hmm. how they're gonna how it's all gonna play out, but you're not gonna have the Naboo Starfighter with the little dome thing that's the perfect size for Grogu to sit back there and hang out. That's not gonna be on there if he's not gonna be flying in the ship. <laughs> like it's just you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where the yeah, astromech droid is supposed to be and they hollowed it out and there's that little dome there. Like that's not gonna be there unless he's just hanging out back there. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't make sense. That's right. So it's just too perfect of a design for that to to not be the case. So we'll see what happens. Um, maybe it's a thing that uh, you know is Luke gonna train Mando on the, with the dark saber? There's just so many questions, and the question is, are they gonna answer this cliffhanger? in the next episode or is that gonna wait until mando season three i feel like it's gonna wait um that was my initial interpretation but some people think it's gonna happen this next episode yeah i don't i don't know i mean i almost kind of wish it would wait um as much as i do want to know what he picks um i don't know i just I, like still one of my biggest like as I said one of my biggest complaints of this is that it's not a Boba Fett episode and I would I would like the focus even though I'm not like super invested in that plot I would like this show to you know wrap up <laughs> instead of just like being in it like another Mando episode I don't know I I don't know I I totally get what you're saying yeah this is not objectively like as a show the last two episodes have been a complete disservice to the character of Boba Fett mm-hmm. <laughs> just remarkably he's just completely out of the picture like it's, I just can't even imagine it's like <laughs> it's like they accidentally swapped out the files like yeah seriously, it's <laughs> like it is they just started Mando season three in the middle of the book of Boba Fett <laughs> with that being said I am not complaining because it is so much better than what we were getting with Book of Boba Fett. Just yeah. just goes to show how much more interesting this character is right now compared to what they set up with the Book of Boba Fett. With that being said, I think the next episode's going to really be awesome to watch as well. Yeah, I feel like the next episode is going to be pretty exciting. Um the so legacy was... of this show before we we talk about the non non-Luke Grogu elements. <laughs> We've talked about this for a while. <laughs> the leg- the legacy of this show will be interesting because the first four episodes are so separate from these last three. So mm-hmm. is this, like, the last three episodes may well be the some of the best Star Wars we've ever had, in my opinion. And yeah. 
and <laughs> the first four hours, like the first four episodes, are just very subpar overall. I did like the second one, but what like is it a good show then? If the best episodes don't have Boba Fett in them, I I think it's going to be one of those things where it's, I'm just going to say, hey, watch the last three episodes because you really can. You don't need to watch the other four. Mm-hmm. I don't think you will. No, um, probably not. So I think that's what's going to happen. And you know what? I'd, I'm glad we've gotten two really good episodes of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, that even though it's a disservice to Boba Fett, I was not attached to that show. I would be more disappointed if I liked the first four episodes a lot. Yeah, um, but we didn't. But we didn't. So I'm not. So yeah, who cares? All right, Holden, did you want to say something before we get into the other elements well, this kind of is going to, it It kind of ties into everything, so it can be a little transition. Um, I, when I was, like, prepping stuff for this, I read this article that was, like, the problem with Disney's Star Wars is that it focuses over its, over its canon, over its story. Like, it focuses on its canon over its story. Okay. Which... I think I totally agree with that. That kind of is a good way of summarizing some of my problems with Star Wars, and one of the reasons why I think I'm becoming less and less interested in it. Um, basically, what it means is like this: Star Wars is way more concerned right now with introducing characters that are established in other media, and then not properly establishing them in the context of the show. Um, we have the you know black Wookiee character who you know you know legends are like oh this guy he's really cool but like we know nothing about him. Um, you have uh, this was a big problem Mandalorian season two when you introduce like Ahsoka and and Bo Katan and all these other people that if you just watch these shows you don't know who they are. Um, and uh, you know Cad Bane in this episode another perfect example of it mm-hmm. and. I, I mean, I know I'm a Marvel shill, and Marvel is not, you know, completely innocent of this. Like, Kingpin and Hawkeye was basically that as well. Like, I mean, the Daredevil series was basically non-canon, and then, you know, introducing the, can- the Kingpin with no context. is Evan, Evan Peters and WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there's a little bit of that there, too, uh, mostly in the Disney Plus stuff. But I think what Marvel does better is, like, yeah it's introducing all of these you know comic book characters but it actually does establish them in this universe as opposed to just you know assuming that you know who these assuming you're a big nerd in star wars and like you know all of these people um and you know like bringing back luke and everything in this episode i get the purposes of it for the story but it's still like and Mandalorian season two, I don't know. It was it was a bit, a bit too fan servicey, and I, I think my feelings of that carry over to this a little bit. I just I don't know. I think I I think that is like the best way to describe my issues with Star Wars right now. I think there's a sweet spot um, with pulling in characters, but then using them for the sake of the story that mm-hmm. you're getting at. I think that Luke Skywalker in this episode is used for the sake of the story and the development of Grogu and the Mandalorians. 
relationship. And I would throw Ahsoka Tano into that in this episode and even in season two. Uh, but I do agree with you so to a certain extent. Like, Cad Bane <laughs> does not need to be in this show. And I was pretty proud of myself for getting to, like, oh, I, th- that's the guy from the Clone Wars. It's like Cad yeah. B. Cad Bones? I got to Cad Bones all by myself. So yeah. I was pretty close. And Cad Bane, like, he is a cool character in the Clone Wars. He's a, he's he's one of the coolest bounty hunters in this uh in this universe but yeah he's just completely unnecessary here also i guess i didn't know he lived through the clone wars so spoilers for the rest of that show that i haven't watched but (laughs) uh yeah i guess he was gonna have like i i found out because i did some research on him um but he was gonna have like a big episode with boba fett in the in the show but that got canceled when disney bought okay bottom and they would have been cool switch course but uh yeah, I mean, the scene between him and what's his name, Timmy Olif- Timothy Oliphant's character, Cobb, Cobb Vanth or something. Cobb Vanth, yeah. Like, I think that's a good scene on its own. I think it, it's fairly tense. You know, I mean, Timothy Oliphant is born to play like a Western role, so he's he's pretty good in that. But yeah, it's still just like I was. <laughs> it was still just he doesn't even say his name. It's just for for Star Wars people to be like, oh my god. It's Cad Bane. I know him. And now I guess he'll be the, the villain. This next, I don't know. <laughs> this next episode, I don't really. I don't. I don't know. Um. I think it like like I said, there's got to be a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're just completely relying on that and there is no story, then I think that's a problem. Um, or if they're just, hey, we're setting up this spinoff show, then I think it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily hate when fan service is integrated well. Something, you know, like Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, yeah, no, it can be done well. And sure. I think it can even add to it and mm-hmm. reward you for being a, a fan. Um, I thought it was done really well this episode. So, I mean, maybe agree to disagree there. I thought the characters came in to service the story. Cad Bane... Who knows? I mean, apparently he's supposed to have this relationship with Boba Fett. Hasn't been developed in this show, so I'll agree yeah. with you from that standpoint. Um, but maybe it will come up in the next episode. And uh, I guess we'll have to just wait and judge that when we see the whole thing. Yeah. Um, what else can be said about this episode? Um, so is Cod, Cod Vanth is dead now, I guess? No, <laughs> like, he's alive. He's well, totally it, like, alive. I want to think that, but like it, he was just like laying completely still. <laughs> like there was He's no. He's fine. They didn't. They said, "Oh, get him a medic." Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, He's, yeah, he is the most not dead character in that scene. <laughs> the other people alive around him are. They're more dead than he they're is. more dead than he is. Yeah, okay. Okay, he is totally going to be in that last episode. He's fine. He might come in at the end. Uh, I guess predictions, Holden. Are we going to see, I guess this kind of goes to our question of, man, does season three, are they going to wait to address that cliffhanger? But is, are we going to see Luke and uh, Grogu at all come to save the day on, on Tatooine? Is Luke going to bail them out of another one? I hope not. I don't know. I think Luke's purpose, I honestly think Luke and Grogu's purpose has been served in this 
well, I mean, it's it's not really even a purpose for Book of Boba Fett, it's just a purpose for Mandalorian. But I, I don't, I don't really want them to just come in and save the day because like they have next to no connection with Boba Fett, and so that would just make this show feel even more disconnected than it already does. Here's a way so I, think, I think they should wait till Mandalorian. Here's how a way I think it could work. Um. Because in Empire Strikes Back, Luke leaves Yoda to go help his friends, even though his training is not complete. Mm-hmm. So, echoing that idea, Grogu goes to help Mando, even though his training's not complete. Grogu comes in, helps save the day. I mean, comes in the last second. Now, again, is that a great service for the Book of Boba Fett and the character Boba Fett? No. Does it service the relationship of the Mandalorian and Grogu? I think so, absolutely. Yeah, it would. I think that would pull that together and serve for the sake of the story there. So that's the way you could tie it to the story and the relationships there. Um, but if that doesn't happen, I'd also be fine with that. It's not like... We'll see. I'll, I'll, we'll see what happens in the episode. We'll judge it next week. But we should probably wrap up this conversation. Yeah, we've talked about this for a while. <laughs> it's so good, Olden. I can't believe this did nothing for you. I was so... I just... I was so happy every every yeah no i mean i i am not saying it did nothing for me from like like i think it's bad i think it's very good i think i just i don't know i i think star wars really needs to do something like new for me to get back into it because honestly i like even like thinking about rewatching like the movies i like i'm like i just i i'm so tired of it i don't want to i don't know i don't really want to rewatch these movies right now I just need like a, a Star Wars break. I don't know. You're just like I cannot wait to see Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, if it's different, I you know might actually be into that. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think it will be. That's personally. It's, part of the reason why i'm not like why you know obi-wan wasn't on my top 10 because i know it's just going to be fan servicing the prequel fans oh yeah which i'm already not a prequel fan but the fact that it is also just you know retreading existing star wars you know material i i just don't you're just a jaded old man holding yeah i guess all right i thought this episode was great i'm gonna i'm going 9.5 out of 10 yeah, I'll give it. Uh, I'll give it eight and a half. I mean, that's purely from. A, I think it is a very good episode of what it is. Um, but yeah, what do you think Grogu's gonna pick before we go on? Uh, I think he. I think he's gonna pick the chainmail. I. That is so tough. I think he will pick the chain. No. God, why did I? Holden, why do you ask these tough questions? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, just, just a decision. We've been talking about this for like a half hour, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know. Two more things to talk about. He's going to end up with both. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, but he's going to pick the lightsaber. I'll say that. There we go. Okay. Well, or, no, right. he's gonna pick. He's gonna pick the chainmail, but then he's gonna need the lightsaber. And Luke's like, "Here you go," and he's gonna toss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? What am I gonna do with this? It, no, it just starts the next episode. Just kidding, man. I'm joshing you. You can unfold. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Grogu's gonna force choke Luke Skywalker. Oh yeah, start of his villain arc. <laughs> 
and then he becomes Snoke. Uh, all right, hold on. Let's talk about Peacemaker. Peacemaker. All right, so Peacemaker episode six. I do um, not think this discussion is going to be 25 minutes long. No. <laughs> no, it will not be nearly as long. Um, but yeah, Peacemaker episode six. Um, yeah, obviously, we last episode, we reviewed the first five, and we both have quite enjoyed the show so far. Um, and I think this episode was still very good. Yeah, I think this show just keeps getting better as it goes, or at least I'm getting more of an appreciation for it as it goes. Mm. I'm buying into the characters, the relationships, the plot is developing. Things are happening, Holden. Yeah. Lots of setup in this episode, a lot of setup for the big Yeah, payoff. and it's like and it it's not going in the direction you think it will. Like I even even last week when we predicted, you know, Mern is well, okay, spoilers like always. Spoiler warning, yeah. but um even after last week when we predicted, you know, Mern is not actually going to be like bad or whatever. Uh, like it's it's still not exactly going in the direction I, I thought it would after that. It, it, it there's a lot of twists and turns constantly happening. Um keeping me on my toes. I think there's two more episodes. I think it's eight episodes total. So yeah um what would what did you like about this episode jimmy man i uh just so much is happening so much is being set up you got the whole thing with goff the the little butterfly that uh, mm-hmm. peacemaker's been keeping he's asking it questions they almost have like a little friendship even though uh goff apparently is the primary antagonist of this whether yeah, or not that's the leader the- of the the evil butterflies whether or not it's the, that's the case, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But he per- definitely seizes the opportunity to get free and takes over the really nice cop lady, which is sad. That yeah. She died. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, that whole that whole thing with, all, like, all of the cops dying, I was like, oh, geez, I mean, like, these are, these are nice characters. Um, a lot of characters dying, too. Yeah, and you had that police chief guy who I thought was a butterfly. I thought he was too, but I guess like that was never confirmed, so he's he's not. <laughs> no. I mean, no, also I mean, now he is, but that actor, I don't know if he's in anything else, but he needs to be. Like he has a presence yeah, on he screen, does. and I, that smile that he was doing was terrifying. I hold on. I'm gonna do some. Lo- I feel like I recognized him from something. He so seems I'll, so familiar, but like, yeah, I like he is like he needs to be in more stuff. Is my takeaway from this? Like, if I was a, a casting agent or director, uh, I would be like, we we gotta find a role for this guy. He is. Yeah. He could be. Uh, he seems like a character actor. <laughs> like a he, strong character actor. Like um. American Charles Dance. <laughs> like I think he could pull off some of the roles like that. He just has a presence. Um oh, he okay, um I've heard he's good on this. I've never seen it. He's on Hell on Wheels. Um I'm not familiar with that. AMC show about the railroad railroad, but apparently he's like the main antagonist of that. So, I could see that. He is quite a menacing fellow. Um but okay, so I just uh, I I want to be I can't remember. Okay, the, so Mern 
said the butterflies want their host their home planet was like destroyed or something mm-hmm. what happened yeah i think so. and they're fine they they're trying to find a new home planet and they want earth but they want to like they want to dominate earth now not just kind of coexist on earth so they started taking over humans as host mm-hmm. to manipulate things um interesting um I feel like there's still more to be explored there. Yeah, I, there's definitely more to be uncovered with like the butterflies and their relationships with humans. I think because I mean, it seems weird to me that Mern is seemingly the only one that's against it. I feel like there has to be more to that. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that whole situation. I still find it a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Amanda Waller's got other stuff going on because she wants to frame Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So something's happening there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that whole diary thing is finally coming into play a little bit with the cliffhanger of this episode. Um, as soon as as soon as the, uh, you know, the, the creepy police chief guy took it, I was like, oh, there ha- there's something. That's gonna-. And it, it, like, it very clearly showed him, like, you lock it in his desk. I'm like, oh, no, something. Something's about to happen with that. But Yeah, I thought <laughs> the butterflies all come down their little spaceships. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Uh, but overall, I just think that this is a good setup episode. Mm-hmm. And the payoff is coming. It's kind of where I was at with this. Uh- I honestly was totally, and maybe it'll still go this way, but I was totally expecting Goff to take over Robert Patrick. Who uh, is Vigilante? No, no, uh, uh, Peacemaker's dad. Oh, Peacemaker's dad, okay. Yeah. Because um, um, uh, that that is also a plot line that's happening. He's, you know, he's becoming the white dragon again he's Mm -hmm. he's going to try to kill his son seemingly so that has to tie in somehow it feels it feels slightly too disjointed for it not to so i don't know yeah that's gonna something's gonna happen with that i don't know if that'll be one of the things that he's gonna try to kill him but then he ends up saving him is can his character be redeemed <laughs> i i almost feel like it's like a mistake to try to redeem him at least well maybe you could redeem him like in the eyes of his son a little bit or something i don't know or like it needs some sort of closure there at least maybe that could work but I, like he's he's a racist you know homophobic you know just this not very good person clearly a white supremacist <laughs> literally i feel like it's very hard to uh believably redeem that we'll see i mean i don't know i don't yeah, know what's gonna happen know. or maybe they at least team up to fight the the more evil guy you know maybe yeah. it's like hey dad white people will also get that wiped out <laughs> <laughs> or something you know what i'm saying yeah i don't know i uh, it's 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 hard to say really but, but that that definitely will tie together at some point um mm-hmm. just trying to think what else you get the whole raid on his his uh trailer he escapes that mm-hmm. um the police chiefs comes cold just cold-blooded he's killing those cops i i'm yeah, still, honestly like, that that whole sequence at the trailer and in the woods was was very good. It was very 
just another tense scene because you're like, oh, how's he going to get out of this one? Eagle, he's um, just taking people out. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> Vigilante's like, holy Sheesh. crap, that bird's crazy. <laughs> um, Vigilante had some good lines in this episode. I can't remember them all, but asking mm-hmm. if Goss' favorite color is teal. <laughs> Not <laughs> understanding that he has to ask only yes or no questions. <laughs> that was good. Uh, the uh, the post credit scene with the police chief. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Where he's like trying not to laugh. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to be sad. I want to. Yeah, I mean, keep going back to him. I want to know. Like, obviously, he's like he's dead now. He's probably no bringing him back. But I want to know what his deal was before he was a butterfly. It's I like, do too. I'm like, who was that guy? <laughs> Are we gonna get any answers? Yeah. Uh, well, it, actually, you know, it almost makes me think because this guy, you know he's seemingly just this cold-blooded killer of some sort and Mern's butterfly talks about how Mern was like just this awful killer too so i feel like Mern was using his human contacts and maybe not necessarily the, the police chief guy didn't know that he was a butterfly or whatever maybe but also how did he get him to become the police chief I guess they could have done Economos and those guys yeah, could have done yeah, something. Yeah, I'm sure something like that. Um, they, uh, I'm trying to remember everything else that happens in this episode. You have just a couple character moments. You got Harcourt telling her first name to to Peacemaker. She's like, it's Amelia. You know, you're only 85% complete garbage, or <laughs> whatever she says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put the dove on the on the gun. Yeah, and Peacemaker doesn't want to kill people anymore. They definitely have done a really good job of redeeming his character. Yeah. From the yeah. Suicide I, Squad. That is, and some of the strongest stuff is is with him. But I don't know, any anything other, anything else you want to bring up specifically with this episode, Holden? Um, no, I don't think so. It's just, yeah, as you said, it's a lot of setup, um, which is fine. Um, it's very strong setup, very exciting stuff. Um, Got to find the cow. Got to find the cow. Going to the place. They're going to be underground. Yeah. wonder what the cow looks like. You think it's I just going to be a big butterfly? I hope it is just a cow. <laughs> just a big alien cow. Yeah, big alien cow. And, like It could look a little different, but I want its like, characteristics to be very cow-like and then peacemakers like oh it really is a cow <laughs> <laughs> all right uh i i don't know did we review did we give scores i don't know eight and I a think half we gave like a score for the series so far so let's give a score for this episode eight and a half i guess yeah eight and a half for me too there we go um Good episode yeah i'm excited to talk about it next week but mm-hmm. holden shall we talk about jackass forever yeah let's do it Jackass Forever, uh, the fourth and probably final film in uh, the Jackass franchise. A a very interesting series in, in a lot of ways um, because it's one of those series that, you know, early 2000s, it was incredibly popular. You had the show, you had the movies coming out. And it was one of those shows that parents at the time were just hated 
like hated the show it like the bad influence on my kids all that kind of thing um and so i think that's i kind of grew up with that i don't i'm not sure if my parents necessarily said that but it was kind of you know the general consensus that i saw growing up and so i had always just kind of assumed these movies were like not not good or like evil yeah like corrupting yeah, not not good things to watch essentially. Um, and then I watched the I watched the second one. That was the first one I saw a, f- a couple years ago, um, and really liked it. And it seems like general consensus on the series has has changed quite a bit. It's now seen more positively. I think more as a a fun relic of the early two thousands and whatnot. Um, but general consensus of this one is is very positive, Jimmy. Um, what do you think of Jackass Forever? Well, as someone who I think saw like one episode of the show at my cousin's house in like 2007, <laughs> whenever it was, I don't know. Uh, I thought this was a really good time. Uh, the, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll do short non-spoilers and then we'll just talk yeah. about spoilers. Uh, I uh, I was the first five minutes. I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know if this is going to be my cup of tea. But after that, I kind of got that vibe from you because, <laughs> well, especially with like what the first five minutes is, I was like, oh, Jimmy's Jimmy's probably thinking he's not going to like this. <laughs> Did you like the first five too. minutes? I thought. I mean, I thought it was okay. I I guess it wasn't like I didn't think it was like hilarious, but I was like, oh, this is in line with you know Jackass. This seems like something they would open with. Do they always do something like that for the opening credits? Do they always they, have a sequence? Yeah, they have a sequence. It's not uh it's not exactly that. Like the probably my favorite one is the second one where they're like running it away from a stampede of bulls while uh, ecstasy of gold plays in the background. <laughs> it's a very uh very good sequence, but um yeah, uh, the first five minutes I was like, I don't, I don't know, but uh, literally everything after that, I had such a good time. There's so many just belly laughs, cringe <laughs> moments, just oh, like <laughs> I don't think I've cringed harder than moments in this movie where you just cannot watch what is happening, but it's so entertaining and it, just like the nonstop nature of it. It was paced really well. There was a good variety of the pranks and mm-hmm. things they did. Um, and you just got a sense of the camaraderie between the whole cast and between the newcomers and the and the old the old guys mm-hmm. that um it was just really enjoyable to watch. It was just a good break from the reality that has been the last two years. Yeah. Honestly, I, I I said it before the movie, but this is kind of my my thought is, you know, growing up is realizing that the camaraderie of Jackass is almost as entertaining as the actual stunts. Because, like, just the way they're, like, they're such, like, good friends with each other. They're constantly, they're not, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they'll make fun of each other, but they're pretty supportive and they, they've got, like... They've got a good system in place where, you know, if something goes a little too far, they'll they'll stop. But most of them have such like a death wish <laughs> that it's like <laughs> it doesn't really like they all they all know it's all for the entertainment and so they'll put up with it. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um yeah, I mean there were a couple just standout sequences in the yeah, in the movie were. that were just incredibly entertaining to watch and and you felt like you were in the room or not in the room, but just kind of got to be on the sideline watching these guys goof around mm-hmm. and and be and prank each other and all that. And 
all in good fun. I like how they were like it was all aimed at each other in the group and not just random strangers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a couple kind of on the street prank kind of things, but um, the there weren't very many. I I was reading that one of the reasons they didn't do as many was because they're too recognizable now, which is understandable. But they do, one of the things that Jackass does a good job is for all of those in each of the movies they typically during the credits kind of show like the aftermath and like kind of show that the people that were pranked you know you figured it out and had a good laugh with it didn't really mind and so yeah yeah i mean anything else to say non-spoiler wise no uh not really i mean yeah it's 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 hard to talk about this movie just because it is it's a jackass movie it is just literally a bunch of stunts strung together with with not a ton of rhyme or reason um but it's it's all very fun i oh i guess one of the things i always like is like it'll always kind of briefly show like behind the scenes like the the director and stuff them kind of interacting with them i think that's that's kind of just a fun makes it feel more like a home movie kind of touch yeah it does and uh i guess we should say too that when at our screening in the theater they had like a little bonus featurette at the end so Mm -hmm. if you go see this in the movie theaters you might have a little surprise at the end for you it's just a nice little interview with the new cast and returning cast them talking about the movie a little bit oh i uh jimmy did you know that you know who spike jones is i know that i know the name okay because he like directed like her with joaquin phoenix yeah and being john malkovich he's like heavily involved with jackass i did not know that yeah he's like one of the creators of it i think he's produced and written on all of them and i he's he usually briefly shows up in this i always just think that's like really funny it's like this really talented film director is involved in jackass heavily but yeah yeah, uh, please be the last one because these are ga- these guys are gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I guess the only other thing I would say now, otherwise, is there a couple of, like animal moments. I'm like, I don't know. I felt a little uncomfortable like with them using animals for some of these things. Oh sure, but other than that, it was a lot of good fun. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's talk about spoilers. spoilers for jackass forever uh the spoilers will essentially be us just talking about our favorite bits from the movie i guess we didn't give it a rating but i don't really know how you could give it a rating Uh, seriously like i it's gonna be hard to have a more fun theater experience this year yeah to be honest it is like the it is the exception one of the rare exceptions to me i i get so annoyed with people in the theater but like i don't really mind because everyone's just like laughing we're all laughing at what's happening we were laughing pretty hard too like (laughs) i feel like this is this is probably the most consistently i've laughed in a theater in in quite a while it's the hardest i've laughed since the first 15 minutes of fast nine (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was that was pretty good um but yeah uh i can talk about some of our favorite bits um i think i don't know but my favorite bit was the silence of the lambs like i think yeah the movie it peaked there but i mean this the rest of the movie was still entertaining that was towards the beginning yeah that i was think i i so pulled up, funny 
yeah wikipedia has like a list of the of the stunts um and that's kind of what i'm referring to but i think that was the fourth thing they did silence of the lambs but yeah that was it was so funny it just <laughs> it, i it was the i mean if you haven't watched the movie you don't really care essentially what they did was they uh, brought in three pairs of of people of the jackass crew they told them that johnny knoxville was going to be doing the stunt with a rattlesnake um and they bring him into this room and just like lock them in and shut the lights off and then johnny and a couple other people are in the room just messing with with these guys like throwing rubber snakes on them you know making it sound like there's a rattlesnake in the room yeah the snake was still in there yeah was was it no, they they made him think that the snake was still oh, in there. Yeah. The snake was not yeah. in there. They removed the snake. Yeah. Um and it was all really funny, but the the best pair was uh Danger Aaron and Dave England who <laughs> yes. who Aaron I mean it was really funny cuz like they they talk about it in the behind the scenes after where they're like really good friends outside of Jackass and like in this instant that just like went out the window cuz Aaron's like he's like uh um kind of fortifying himself in a corner of this room trying to prevent <laughs> the snake from finding him and he's not like reassuring dave at all and dave's like on the couch like really concerned they keep getting like a- attacked with cattle prods <laughs> i love it when dave's like when, i have like, not when even Aaron when it finally finds the exit he's like dave come on come on we found it no, no, Dave. Just even when they end the prank, he's like, "I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm just gonna start a new life down here." <laughs> yeah, that's just pretty good. <laughs> um, Dum Dum Games too um, was a good one where they had to. That was the trivia, the fourth grade questions. Otherwise, they get yeah. smacked in the in the crotch. But uh, Poopies was it Poopies who almost <laughs> didn't get who played piano on this Elton John <laughs> song. <laughs> <laughs> But he, he did get it. That was that was really funny. Um, um, the musical chair begs was great too, and they were like, "Yeah, let's just keep going one more time." Yeah, <laughs> I honestly I thought they were doing that because they wanted one of them in particular to end on it. And I so, did too, but then they just exploded all of them. <laughs> that was pretty funny, and and Wee Man gets thrown into the center <laughs> of the chairs, it's, which is just like hard machinery <laughs> pipes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, even the okay, the first stunt aside from the opening, the first stunt with the human ramp, that was pretty good. Um, that was that was <laughs> when uh they they were like just landing, and especially with like Zach at the end, mm-hmm. uh, riding that dirt bike and landing <laughs> it on the other side, just owie. Um, a lot of male frontal nudity that I was not expecting. <laughs> In this yeah movie, i but. i honestly I, I i don't know this for a fact but i feel like over the course of every jackass movie uh, between all of them you see each of the main cast naked at least once so yeah they're they're not afraid of that um i mean the flight of icarus was just incredible because he got shot out of a cannon <laughs> it was like it was a big cannon <laughs> Like, like I don't know. I I don't know how much of the cannon was was just for show, and like how like, and if it was actually like as powerful as it looked. But it, it was a big cannon. What, what does that have to feel like to get shot out of a cannon? 
That's I have no idea. He said he like felt a ton of pressure up his butt or something. Was his reaction? Yeah, yeah. Um, the quiet game was pretty good too, where they were not supposed to react. They're supposed to be mimes, and when <laughs> they have the guillotine, the skateboard guillotine, but it's a. Uh, it's right to his Steve-O's yeah, shins. It's like hobbling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that that was that was one of those really just cringe moments, but it was hilarious. I think uh I should have mentioned this in non-spoilers, but one of the uh, like one of the great things about this is they all have like such a level of charisma to them too in addition to just being like really funny to watch get hurt. Especially like Johnny Knoxville. He's he is such a just it's so fun to watch him even when he's just like the presenter like the host yeah. of whatever segment he's he's got such a screen presence yeah um then of course there was the cup test oh yeah the cup test with the francis in Ganway or whatever his name Ngannou or whatever his name is who is like the hardest punch ever recorded and it's just like you know <laughs> that was awesome the best part about oh. that segment, I mean, it starts out and it's it's hilarious because it is literally just him getting hit in the balls with a guy who they said has the force of like a small truck. Oh yeah, a truck going at full speed or whatever, or sixty yeah. miles per hour. Yeah, um, and so that itself was funny to watch, but like the fact that it just keeps going and he just keeps getting hit. Like the next one, he gets hit with a, a softball by like one of the world's best softball pitchers. Yeah, Danielle um, O'Toole. And then how like she hits him in the thigh beforehand. Stuff. Yeah, She's got these <laughs> like welts. several times. They do a great job of building the anticipation too in each of these stunts, especially with the cup test. Just him, <laughs> like the the punch, the smoking, just the 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 bag and stuff it's like oh my gosh and yeah and then of course the the hockey puck <laughs> oh god uh, and the pogo stick <laughs> <laughs> which all of which i mean i feel like the punch is probably the worst one but it, it's still just all of them are just hard started to watch started bleeding the yeah pogo stick. um of course you had uh tori Belechi, Belechi, come back for the underwater fart thing. Oh yeah, yeah, Tori from MythBusters. Yeah, which we neither of us recognized him at first. I'm like, oh, that's the MythBusters guy. Yeah, and that was like an, an actual explosion. Explosion. Yeah, that was that that didn't go the way they thought. I that's one of the other things I like is for some of these stunts they don't exactly go as planned, but they keep it anyway. Um. Which I I know you're you're probably looking at the list as I am. Mm-hmm. It's a little later on, but when they're uh, <laughs> they're gonna do the the dirty dancing thing, like <laughs> with with uh, Preston and Wee Man, and then Preston just <laughs> <shit> himself, <laughs> and then they they like keep it in. That's it's not yeah. they don't even do the stunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I got the spider helmet. With uh, Dark Shark, yeah, who was who was a great addition to this? Uh, I think he was in like two or three of the scenes. He was very entertaining, but I, <laughs> I mean, this one especially when he just like grips them so tight, like grabs the like I think he grabs Johnny and I can't remember who else, but he's like he's <laughs> so terrified of this spider, and then the. Uh, the fact that even after the spider ended up in Dark Shark's helmet, they still said that Aaron was the loser. <laughs> How did I lose? <laughs> <laughs> and 
And watching that spider bite was ugh. Oh, that was that was. Ugh. Oh, I'm still cringing about it. Yeah, it's 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 incredible how some of the like these just like animal bites are like some of the worst things to watch. Even though they pro- they likely do not hit hurt as much as getting hit in the balls uh, from an MMA fighter, but still, just very very difficult to watch. Um, uh, let's see. I like the electric dance one too. Yeah. <laughs> the uh Yeah, that was very good. Uh with Tyler the Creator on yep. piano. And yeah, that was funny with the the electric seat. And then that that scene kept going on because Tyler kept getting other people to sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, just take a seat on this. I uh, so I kind of ironically the bull the bull stunt is the one that caused the most damage. But I didn't. I really just didn't think it was all that entertaining, which is like, kind of I the think, ironic part of it. Well, yeah, I think it was. For me, it was entertaining from the aspect of like, holy crap, that that like hurt. It wasn't like it wasn't funny because no. he did get really hurt. But I, it was. I won't say I was like not entertained watching it because it was. It was kind of. It was literally almost like watching a car crash. <laughs> Like you can't take your eyes away from it. No, but it was just so quick. It didn't, That's true. I don't know. Like, I had more fun with like the trivia stuff or the Silence of the Lambs or the yeah the it, Shin. It's guillotine. It, it's not even the most entertaining bull stunt they've done. I think the best one is. I don't remember if it's in the second or third one, but there it's like four of them are on this four-person teeter totter in a bullpen. And they like whenever the bull charges them, they have to try to get their end of, up in the air, or whatever. And it's this it's this very complex looking stunt, and it gets so intense. That's probably the best bull stunt they've done. But this one is the one where they've gotten the most hurt because, I mean, Johnny can't even like talk right away. He's like he's like wheezing on the ground, like can't move. By the time they pick him up, he's like, and like the paramedics are taking him away. He's he's already cracking jokes again, which is nice to see. But he suffered some broken ribs and a concussion and some other injuries from that. Quite quite the wipeout. Yeah, um, the bear stunt was terrifying but hilarious. <laughs> That lived up to the hype, I think, because like that was the big thing in the trailer that you watch it and you're like, oh my god, they're really doing this, and then it happens, and it it kind of is playing out like how you think, but it like almost bites his hand. He's like, which I think he's is trying like, to bite my hand. He's trying, like, he's just <laughs> legitimately concerned. Like, he's not having it. He's like concerned for his life or yeah. his well being. And the crew in the the behind the scenes thing we watched talk about how they thought for a couple there are a couple of different moments they thought about calling it and like pulling him back the pulling the bear back but they they kept it going and it was pretty funny Jeez. and then they're just zapping him at the, they're like oh stay calm Aaron <laughs> don't make any sudden moves they're just zapping him <laughs> yeah because yeah that's right they, it started with a lie detector test where he has a uh, a shock collar on um and then the funny. the final stunt the vomitron that was also pretty good when they're just have to drink milk and they're just vomiting <laughs> yeah it's colored the- milk because they're like oh it's gonna be like a rainbow of vomit and they all have like a different color it doesn't quite work out like how uh, how like 
gross it could have been but then when you add in all the paintballs and, and stuff and the explosions going on it, it was it was very exciting for sure yeah <laughs> um but yeah the just a really good time at the theater uh honestly just yeah. a lot of fun and yeah. it makes me want to watch the other ones and makes me want to recommend some of this to my some of my other friends yeah, it's um they typically with the last few they've done they release like Jackass two point five three point five or whatever where they it's like behind the scenes interviews and stuff but they also have a lot of like cut stunts that they didn't include in the movie and I think I saw that they said they were gonna release that on Netflix later this year Jackass four point five so might be interested in watching that. All right, sweet Holden. Anything left to say? No, I, no, I don't think so. It's All a very right, fun time. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? No. What are you doing? What are you doing? Well, Jimmy, this week, uh, keeping in line with uh, Jackass coming out, I rewatched every Jackass movie. Oh wow. Um, it what well, it didn't. Are they start on something? No, I rented them. Well, Bad Grandpa is on Paramount Plus, and I watched that, but the rest uh, I had to rent. Um, but I I w- started out and I was just gonna watch the ones I hadn't seen, which was the first one and Bad Grandpa. I was like, all right, I'll watch these. Uh, and then the next night, um, my roommate was there, and I had like mentioned how I was watching Jackass, and then they were like, "Oh, we haven't, I've never seen Jackass," so we just ended up watching two and three that night. Then, um, but very, very funny. I think they're all good. Bad Grandpa's probably the weakest, but that's because it has like a story to it. It's like it's a narrative. It's more like a lot of pranks and stunts with a narrative around it, and it doesn't always work. Although I will say the kid in that movie is so good he is so like he is one of the best child actors i think i've maybe ever seen like like he reminded me of borat's daughter in borat 2 with just how committed he was to the bit like i know he's he is a lot younger than than she was um because he this kid is i have to say like 11 12 maybe maybe even younger than that i don't know um, but very, very good. Uh, that was the best part of that movie. And then the other movies, all I think all the Jackass movies hold up really well. I was really concerned, like, going to the first one after having seen two and three already. Like, oh, is this one going to be not as exciting because it's the first one? But And there were a lot of very good stunts. In some ways, it was almost more entertaining just because, like, it was so low budget just like with what they had to work with um just (laughs) seeing how they got around all of it but yeah good movies all around um i don't know how i i I would probably rank i this i'm gonna do quick ranking i'm gonna do two then forever then three then one then bad grandpa that's what i'll say all right it's um and in terms of other movies i watched I rewatched About Time, which is that romantic comedy with Rachel McAdams and uh, Dom Hall Gleason, which I enjoy. Uh, we watched that because uh, my roommate wanted to watch a movie and was like, I want to watch a romantic comedy. And I was like, I don't really want to watch that, but we could just pick one that I like, I guess. <laughs> um, 
So I did that. I feel like there was another movie earlier this week I watched. Oh, yeah. Um, I watched Inside Man. Have you heard of this movie? No. Okay. It's a Spike Lee movie from like 2006. Uh, I didn't really know anything about it going in, but it's a, it's like a bank robbery heist movie um, where Clive Owens is the uh, he's the robber and he has like a crew and uh, Denzel Washington is like the cop and Willem Dafoe is in it. It's like an interesting cast. Um, hmm. But it's it's just like a really solid bank robbery movie. Clive Owens, like his whole crew has everything down so like down pat. It, it almost in some ways I compared it to like scream and the fact that he kind of knows like the tropes of like bank robbery stuff. And so that like kind of helps him. Um, but yeah, it's just a very solid movie. But the most interesting part about it was the main theme of the movie. I was like, I've heard this before. I like, this is a, this is a piece of music that like is stuck with me and I don't know what it was. And it's the, it's his same, it's Spike Lee's same composer for most of his movies, Terrence Blanchard. And it's, they reuse that theme as the end, this, the piece that plays during the end montage of Black Klansman. Hmm. Um, which I think is like a really good piece of music. I think it works even better in Black Klansman. It was just very weird hearing it here because like it kind of started and it was you know a little bit more subdued. And I was like, is that is that from Black Klansman? Like what? And then it later on it plays it more in full, kind of more like how you hear it in Black Klansman. And I was like, oh okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it did confirm that is indeed the same piece of music. Um and so yeah i'd recommend that and in terms of games i started yakuza 3 because i finished that kingdom hearts spinoff uh game i started yakuza 3 but then i promptly got distracted because i bought the uncharted collection and i started replaying uncharted 4 <laughs> so i'm i'm replaying that right now nice uh, classic i'm i just I just got to the first bit where you're on the boat, not counting the intro. So, yeah. So you're quite a ways into the game then. Yeah, I I spent quite a bit of yesterday playing it. So, it's one got, of my favorites. Yeah, it's very All good. Um, there's a lot of it I did not remember. I'm kind of glad I, I like I waited so long to replay it because there's bits of this game I just did not remember happening. Have you played Lost Legacy more than once? No, that. But I feel like I that one's shorter. I feel like I know more about what happens in that one. That's also a great game. I would say I will replay that after I'm done with this one. Um, but yeah, Jimmy, I think that's that's about it. What about you? What have you been doing? Well, I teased it earlier, Holden, but I had to get my Brendan Fraser fix in, and this (laughs) is why I found out that the uh, the third Mummy movie. The antagonist is the first emperor of China, who I think is mm-hmm. fascinating, and I spend like a whole month of him, mo- month played by on Jet him. Li. Yeah, played by Jet Li in this movie. Um, so I found that out, and I have I had never seen a full mummy movie, and I hadn't even seen parts of a mummy movie since I was like very young. Like I mean, when I say parts, like more than three minutes at a time. Sure. Um, so I really had no recollection of what it was was and what the movies were like and about and all that. 
So I uh, the first two are on HBO Max. Unfortunately, the third one's on like Showtime or Stars or something weird. So I'll just rent that. But uh, so I watched the first one on HBO Max, and I don't know what. Hold on. When was the last time you've seen the Mummy movies? I feel like I watched it. I've only seen the first one, but I feel like I. All right, I've seen parts of the second one, but I've only seen the first one in full. I think I saw it a couple years ago. I enjoy I, it. <laughs> I think it's okay. I think the second half is much better than the first half. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's an okay movie. Uh, overall, I think it's completely. I honestly think it's almost completely carried by Brendan Fraser because he's just like a very entertaining protagonist. He is. And I will say, I watched the second one. I watched half of it last night, got tired, went to sleep, and watched the other half this morning. The second one is such a good time. It is it is just like set piece after set piece. It is an Uncharted movie. It really is. Like, okay. Brendan Fraser just plays Nathan Drake in the second one, like, before Nathan Drake existed. So, was, if you want to see a decent Uncharted movie, which I'm counting on us not seeing one this February... <laughs> and if you'd like to see a decent one um the mummy returns it does tie into the first one quite a bit but i even then i i still think you could watch it without that i also think that his uh the romantic interest evie is a lot more charismatic in the second one they have a kid together and he's like not annoying and there are so many fun action set pieces the last hour of the movie is just non-stop just fun whereas i think the first movie is just a lot of like shooting and like how are they missing each other like (laughs) there and there is that in the second one too but i think the second one just is it feels more like the uncharted 2 sort of vibe where it's just kind of like this silly adventure that has a lot of fun action set pieces that are pretty creative um the effects are it has has dwayne johnson as the infamous scorpion king uh, a visual effects shot considered one of the worst ever it, to be honest with you in the context of the movie it's not as bad as it is out of context it is bad but to be fair a lot of the special effects in those two movies are do not hold up at all like it is really like some of the green screening is awful like they're supposed to be like flying around at the night at nighttime, Whoa. and it just does not <laughs> yeah. look like it at all I feel like the first movie, though, like the effects of the mummy before he regains full form, I think are pretty good. Those are pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Some of the other effects, particularly like just basic things like set extension that aren't even that difficult, just don't look very convincing. Mm-hmm. It's like they relied on CGI at a time when the CGI wasn't quite good enough yet, and they would better they would have been better off using like matte paintings. Okay. So it. It just doesn't look great. But the stuff they do practically looks really good. It's just... <laughs> um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with the second one. I, they're reviewed pretty comparably uh, on like on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and stuff. And then the third one's considered the worst of the three. Unless you're Roger Ebert, who said it was the best. So <laughs> I just watched the trailer and I'm like, this this looks like a good time. So I'm excited to watch that one whenever I get around to it. But uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend The Mummy Returns. The fir- the very beginning, the prologue is is horribly edited and put together, in my opinion. It, it's very incoherent. It doesn't really make sense when they're talking about the Scorpion King. 
But the rest of the movie after that is is a good time. Particularly the last hour is just like nonstop climactic action. <laughs> the main thing I remember, I've never, like I said, I haven't seen two or three, but I had an MP3 player um, in like 2007, 2008, around then. And it came preloaded with some movie trailers and I watched those so many times. And one of them was for the third mummy movie. <laughs> it's a really it's, good trailer i think yeah so i feel like i would i feel like i have that one down pat if i watched it i'd probably get goosebumps just because of how many times i saw it i remember hellboy 2 was another one i don't remember what else there was on it but yeah but yeah that was the main thing i did um and then emily and i watched some more of the crown um her family watched a lot of ted lasso they went on a trip. They watched a lot of Ted Lasso. And I was like, oh, I want to watch Ted Lasso. So we watched a couple episodes. And I'm so, so, I, I need to start watching that on my own time so I can catch up to where she left off in the second season so we can finish the second season together. But uh, I am also watching Succession. So that's been very good too. I'm got what? like five episodes left of Succession. Oh, okay. Yeah, what were you going to say? What, okay, what was the reality show you were watching with Emily? The reality show. Well, which one? <laughs> well, you, we, there was like the really bad one you like to talk about on the podcast. Well, we got we had a few. Uh, we had Love Is Blind. We had Married at First Sight. We had Too Hot to Handle. Okay, I I've watched a bunch of Too Hot to Handle. <laughs> so yeah, that's like when they're like, oh my gosh, society's falling apart, and don't look up. They have like they show us like scene from Too Hot to Handle. Do they really? Know. Yeah, they do. Okay. I that show is so funny I it, it's so bad it's so pathetic it is it like is. The, it, it is just like I I, I kind of I'm not like actively watching it uh, my roommate has been watching it just because they think it's very funny but like whenever I'm in the room and they're watching it I'll sit down and I get I just get like really into it like just making fun of these people that is the best part of it have you met Francesca uh no i've been watching second season okay second season that's the one i haven't seen so. okay only watched the first season it was probably our least favorite of the three okay shows yeah wait well there was another love is blind too hot to handle marriage at first sight married at first sight and there was one more where they had to find they had to like figure out who was their perfect match and it was like based on some formula. That one was, "Are You the One?" That one's oh, also okay. on Netflix. That one was pretty interesting. Are too. all of these on Netflix? That you watch them? All of them. I'm not paying to watch these, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> they're on Netflix. They're you know they they're pretty fun. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan of reality TV. But if someone's watching it and I walk into the room, I won't. I won't tell them to shut it off. Uh, so we did go from like too hot to handle to watching the crown together. So that's quite the, uh, <laughs> quite the contrast. The evolution. Your relationship is evolving. Yeah. Um, otherwise Holden, what, what are we doing next week? Um, yeah, next week is death on the Nile, I guess. Maybe we'll see. I mean, we do have peacemaker and we got the Boba finale, so that might be, and we could also content. do nightmare alley instead. <laughs> So we'll see. We'll we may have a movie next week. We will definitely have the episodes of the shows. Um, 
And then a lot of stuff is coming out the 18th. The Uncharted is, I think the Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie comes out that weekend. We might review that one later. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Yeah. Uh, But if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or by uh, donating to our Patreon. Um, Yeah, Jimmy, I think that's it. Yeah, maybe we'll review all three Mummy movies next week. Oh, yeah. I'm not not watching them. (laughs) And then Holden can review 2017 The Mummy. I was gonna say you need to you need to watch that. It's a great know. film, and then you we need can, to like watch that and see, just observe the train wreck of a of a franchise that they tried to start <laughs> with, like Doctor Jekyll being in that movie, and oh my god! All right, Holden, adios, Pantalones, huh? Love you.